Hello and welcome to one of our most awaited episodes of Project Spark where we unearth stories of people from all walks of life. One such story is that of fine artist and Kalagoda Art Festival's director Brinda Millers on how she decided to pursue art as a career full time and what really serves as the spark for her day in and day out to create consistently. Ms Miller it's such an honor to have you on our podcast um you know i've followed your work for so many years now and you've been an absolute inspiration with the kind of work that you do you know with with the Kalagoda Art Festival in Bombay. Thanks so much for doing this. It's a pleasure being here Smriti and thank you for inviting me to speak. I always love to speak about all of these things and I hope that a lot of people will listen to it and I hope a lot of awareness happens at the end of this. Absolutely and and that's really the you know that's one of the main reasons why I'm so excited about this because art has been my channel of you know creativity and inspiration for uh, for a few years now my mother is an artist herself so again super excited to do this. Now I'm going to very quickly sort of start off by asking you uh Miss Miller what really drew you to take up art as a passion. So really there were no uh, artists in the family so nobody knew that I would be an artist except me because uh, I loved drawing and painting when I was a little kid and in school there was some somebody who said or some teacher who said oh you're good at art and uh, you know I thought oh wow I am good at art is that right? and that's when it started from a very young age and i wasn't particularly fond of academics otherwise and i wanted to pursue a career in art my parents at that time thought my mother at least she was fine with it but i think my father said no 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 you should do a, you know you should have a degree and it should be a liberal arts degree or it should be a commerce degree so that you can always take a job if you have to uh, fortunately i never had to and uh, <laughs> i insisted that uh, no i wanted to pursue art and there were very few people who took art as a career it was always a hobby it was always something that you did when you you know you know housewives did that and yeah. unless of course you took up a commercial art or interior design or you took up one of those architecture or one of those things that's a different story but in my case i took textile design and uh, the reason being that i wanted to uh it was you know one of those very sought after courses in jj school of art where i went and uh, right. if you got a good grade that means you went to textile design so it was more by default that i did textiles of course i love textiles and i have no regrets whatsoever of mm-hmm. having done that but when i did take up a job after that and uh, it was like a job job a 9 to 5 kind of job in textile designing in a mill um everyone thought okay so now she's uh, got a job so she's she's fine but no i think it was the most boring job I and mean, i can't say that i didn't learn anything from it i learned a lot from it because it taught me a certain discipline and when i did quit after a year i decided that i would continue to paint which i was doing anyway from right. home Mm-hmm. and uh, i just said let me try and have an exhibition so i had an exhibition and though i did not have the education to be a fine artist i think i had some talent and uh, i pursued it for quite a few years i had a few shows and then suddenly i decided that no i don't want to uh, you know just uh, do something decorative it was right. i want to do some real serious fine art so i went to parsons uh, new york and mm-hmm. that's when uh, i think that was my first milestone i think second milestone i think jj school of art was my first milestone i loved it right. there and uh, when parsons taught me 
you know, it was just like New York City because it was New York City taught me a sort of freedom. It gave me a freedom to do whatever I wanted and uh, not follow any particular style or any method of painting. And uh, right. gave me a lot of freedom. I started painting figurative works. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, of course, I know that one of the questions you will ask me is how did I move from realism to being an abstract artist? Yes. So um, that's actually when I started thinking that I can do what I like. So I started with landscape painting before I went to Parsons. When I got back from Parsons, I used to do figurative work. When I, uh, uh, you know, got over that phase, I, you know, I keep, I get bored very easily. So I changed my style, keep changing mm -hmm. my style. And then uh, gradually it has become very abstract over the years. But at the same time, uh, there is some element of uh, all that I had learned from the past, textiles, a little bit of textile, a little bit of landscape painting. There is sometimes a figure creeps in. So I just feel that now I paint more to enjoy myself rather than right. think about who's going to buy my work, who's going to display my work, and who's going to like my work. And I, I think I've reached that stage now where I don't care. Earlier, that was a big concern. Right. But no more. So just out of curiosity, when you say that there was a need for you to understand if people were going to buy your art, was that your definition of success? Or was it the fact that you wanted people to sort of buy your passion for art? I think when you, when all uh, students and all those who just graduate from art school, a lot of them have become abstract artists overnight. And uh, I think you have to go through a whole process. And one of those things was that, you know, you have to be able to sell your work I think that's my personal view I'm sure that there are artists who disagree with that right. and there is a time the time will come when you can do what you what you like but I think initially you have to a uh, little bit go by what you can call it a market you can call it uh, you know what people want or the audience wants and uh, there is a lot of explaining to do I think as a young artist because you have to be able to articulate what you're trying to say, what you're trying to paint. Uh, of course, there are lots of talented artists. And I think the new uh, art schools also advocate that you be able to talk about your work. In right. our days, we never had that so much. But I realized uh, that, you know, it's important. Especially when I went to New York, I realized that, you know, you had to be able to critique or, so that's when, uh, you know, you feel that, oh, maybe, you know, we should strike a balance. You just can't say that I'll paint a white canvas and uh, somebody's going to buy it. It's not going to happen. At least right. not in India yet. Maybe in the West, yes, but not in India. So, and then you have to, of course, make money. But yes, I mean, it's not that I did it for money. I'll be very honest with you. Never right. did. And yeah. never even, even now, I don't think about it at all. And in those days also, I did not think. But yes. I would like the audience to appreciate, even now, I would like whoever's buying my painting to like my painting, to love my painting, and not just buy it because it's a good investment. Right. And also to really understand the story behind it, right? Exactly what you said. If they, if you're able to speak about the kind of work that you've been able to do and the work that's gone into creating that story or that narrative that sort of comes the out. Narrative the narrative is very important. Yes, the narrative is very important. Yeah. And it's uh, extremely important to... Uh, kind of let the viewer also uh, read into it and uh, that's why my work is also very layered I think it tells me something new every day right. I kind of 
I'm almost, you know, having a little conversation in my head with my work and I would love the people who have my painting to do the same. No, absolutely. And, you know, especially when Ms. Miller, one of the things that I've uh, noticed, especially with artists in general, right, uh, they do believe that it's important for them to continue experimenting, uh, you know, to be able to tell a new story every day. And you just spoke about this a while ago as well. The fact that you do experiment, you used to experiment uh, with a lot of mediums. I've seen that you've worked with different mediums as well in the past and you still continue to. Uh, how does that help you sort of tell a story different, uh, differently every single time? I think the use of different mediums is a lot like my own life. It's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, eclectic. There are so many things in my life that are all, it's a mixture of many, many things. It's a mixture of the way I think. It's a mixture of the way I, you know, even decorate my home or, it, you know, it has all kinds of furniture. I don't go by a certain method for everything. There's a method in the madness for sure. But, right. uh, but at the end of it, it's something that I enjoy. I do a lot of, uh, you know, I think recycling and all those things are very much uh, on my mind. They have been there right from the beginning, long before, you know, people are talking a lot about it now. But uh, yes, I, I do collect a lot of stuff and I do mix and I match and I use a lot of uh, mixed media in my work. And uh, I also work in different mediums so that, uh, you know, I think it's more stimulating that way. Also, you keep learning as you use various things you kind of learn much more I think and uh, you know the use of one's hands is always uh, therapeutic yeah. Yeah. so I enjoy that I enjoy texture it's again my uh, textile hangover I enjoy fabric I enjoy the feel of uh, you know something like a canvas or a, or a paper which I stick on the canvas it could be even you know, just a sort of stencil that I stick. I use a lot of stencils. I use a lot of textile techniques even now. Right. So right. that is mixed media to begin with. And, uh, you know, I kind of uh, experiment a lot with all of it. So in a lot of ways, from what I can see, is art is literally your second nature, right? You're, you're sort of living, eating and breathing it. If I were to ask you what your daily art practice really is like, uh, what would that be? Even on the days that you don't feel like creating? So my daily art practice is actually uh, not a routine at all. It's never been. I think all a lot of artists don't follow routine. Right. Don't say I'll paint from nine to five again. I think a lot of artists have their uh, free time or they want to, you know, spend time thinking. They want to kind of introspect and uh, a lot of that too. Right. But I think my, my kind of routine, so-called routine is very different from other artists. Uh, it's not a routine routine, but it's definitely I do get to my studio every day, whether I paint or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not necessarily at any fixed time. But when uh, I do get here, I, you know, need to be inspired, whatever it is that I'm doing. And that inspiration is what I call my spark, actually. That spark comes from just being by myself. And whether it is, uh, I may be busy, but it is still my time. And it is still uh, something that kind of makes me, drives me to do more and more and more. I never worked as hard as I do now. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason is that I enjoy this kind of uh, pace that I work at. And uh, when you meet me and you talk to me, I look like somebody who makes everything look easy. But sometimes, you know, it's not that easy. 
there's a lot of churning i do the festival i i kind of work at the festival at least 3 months in a year where i have to put my painting aside completely and uh, initially that used to frustrate me a lot because mm-hmm. i used to think oh my god i mean i don't have time to paint because painting is a bit like meditation or it's a bit like it is therapeutic for me and uh, at the end of it that achievement is very satisfying so whether it's painting or whether it's organizing an event or whether it is uh, you know going home and cooking a meal and uh, you know creating something all of it i think is creativity and whichever yep. form it comes in it's fine i enjoy it and uh, i think i i also i think i don't plan too much uh, for the future and right. i don't look back too much i kind of take each day as it comes so uh, it's fine and I, as i told you earlier i even work on sundays i Correct. even work on saturdays so but sometimes you know there are days where like weekdays where i don't work at all so mm-hmm. uh, you know i go on a holiday that's the best thing for me is to go out of town because that's that forces you to go on a holidays uh, sort of break it's a break it's a good break correct and i think that's also very important for the for the process of creativity itself right the very fact that you step away from it just for a little long and then get back into it because you go back with the bang in a lot of ways if i were to when you know what you see you see something new you kind of get inspired it, you come back with some new ideas and there's a sort of freshness to everything so it's a great thing you know miss miller the one other thing that you didn't mention is that you know india is still sort of very nascent when it comes to understanding art or even sort of buying art that means something and has a narrative um how do you think india's art scene has really sort of evolved uh for you as an artist right uh, and also from a consumer's perspective because people have bought your art in the past or they may have come into your exhibition for instance art scene in our country in fact has evolved no doubt i think that's more also because the international art scene has evolved but the international art scene is galloping much faster than uh, our art scene right on the other hand uh, it it kind of i'm happy to see that a lot of male members of even my family have kind of taken up a career in art earlier this to be just women and uh, so obviously there is something to it again it's about earning some money i think and it's about following your dreams following your passion it's good combination to Correct. have uh, that you, you're lucky if you have some talent not just in art i think it's also there in a lot of other fields dance theater music i think is also doing very well uh, compared to what it used to do right and uh, those who do follow it are anyway passionate so if i were to think about uh, you know how things have sort of changed over a period of time right um, purely in terms of not just understanding it but also buying art as such art is typically not not yet affordable in a country like ours what do you think needs to change over there is that is that the is that something that the artist needs to change or is it something that the consumer needs to change from a perception standpoint so i think now this uh, the we you know we've come to this stage where everybody wants some art in their home whether it is a print whether it is a painting or whatever yeah. they can afford and uh, you know the fact is that somebody like me i cringe when people talk about investments so yep. but art has now become an investment and sometimes you know i say maybe that's not such a bad thing because that encourages more people to buy yep. on the other hand yes i don't care if people ask me about that for my own art and i don't 
you know, I don't really encourage that. Right. Um, you know, digital art is something that everybody seems to be sort of taking a liking towards now. What are your two bits there, uh, Ms. Miller? I'd, I'd like to really know about that. You know, I don't, I think that's a good thing. It's, it's kind of uh, become with the younger artists a big deal. Even something like Procreate, you have to be an artist to be able to use it. It's not like anybody can do that. So Correct. I think it's a wonderful thing. I also have two daughters, they're architects, but they mm -hmm. can also uh, draw and paint. And they use the digital medium a lot. So that's how I learned so much from it. And, uh, and they, you know, I think produce amazing stuff because um, they know how to experiment. I am Correct. still learning, I would say. I still don't know. I do use uh, the digital medium a little bit, but uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm really very good at it. But there is a right. sort of hesitation. There is a bit of a hesitation. And uh, whereas, you know, drawing and painting and all of those things, I can paint with my eyes closed. It's second nature to me, as you said. Right. So I don't have it, uh, you know, I, I want to now do things which I don't have to struggle with. And, uh, but yes, I appreciate digital art. I do quite a lot. So you just spoke about your daughters and I'd really love to know, you would have definitely served as that little spark in their lives as well. So how did that go? Were they always inspired by art in general, you know, when they were younger or how, how did that go for them? So my husband is also an architect and, right. uh, you know, right from my kids since they were young, uh, I think because there's art and architecture around them, they're automatically exposed to that when we go, when we used to go out of, uh, you know, India and on a holiday, we would go to the museum. We would go to, uh, you know, places where other kids would not go. You know, even like an Ikea or a shop like that store, which was never there in India until recently. So we used to go there and they used to love it. So when I used to compare notes with other parents uh, and children right. and they would say, what, what do you do there? What is there to do? You know, <laughs> what is there? It's so boring to go there. And my own kids right. then felt that they were out of it and they were not, you know, part of uh, that kind of uh, thing. But now today they thank me and they say, so happy that you took us because now that's all we want to do. One of the other things that I did read about you, Ms. Miller, was the fact that you're an advocate, you know, of public art itself, right? Now, why did you choose to be an advocate of public art? That was one question. And second, do you believe then art also then is a medium for us to be able to change perspectives and perceptions of people? So, uh, let me tell you that the words public art uh, actually means, uh, does not mean that it is necessarily that it is art in public spaces somebody corrected mm -hmm. me when I said public art and they said don't say public mm -hmm. art it's not public art it's art in public spaces and it means something else so I immediately understood and uh, yes actually I advocate that because again I have seen a lot of it everywhere in the world they have art in public spaces and uh, whether it's controversial, not controversial is something that I don't get into because I just feel that, you know, a space looks, I mean, a city looks more beautiful. I, I'm a, I love Mumbai. So that's the main reason actually why I advocate such a thing. And uh, my father used to be sheriff of Mumbai and as sheriff, and mm -hmm. he kind of uh, had this campaign where uh, 
he used to tell me that you know let's grow more trees for example and for me that was also art because you know to have a, a lots of trees is is a beautiful you know something that appeals to you visually and he used to uh, distribute right. these tree saplings i used to help him with that he used to go and uh, mm -hmm. uh, on sunday mornings once in a couple of months and you know the municipality used to give us uh, these saplings to distribute and people used to come and collect them from his office and right. uh, when we traveled also we would go to a place that was green or it was you know something of the sort or or he say let's go uh, to the beach and uh, he loved water so you know it was a great uh, mm -hmm. he appreciated all these things so he never did paint or never did uh, neither of my parents were artists like that but they had a sort of aesthetic they had a sort of vision also we would go to art galleries they would buy paintings from other artists they would uh, appreciate all of that and like i said when i expose my children to that they also expose me to all of that so that is Correct. the reason why and then when you go out of the country you see every city has something beautiful even the statues are so beautiful whether it's old new or whatever and you know a lot these park benches and i remember in mexico we saw these park benches each each one was different it was done by an artist mm -hmm. so when i started doing the kalagoda arts festival i thought let's make this street this is the only opportunity i had at that time to put art out on the streets it wasn't just decor right. it wasn't just putting uh, you know banners and pennants and uh, things and lights and hanging uh, you know those uh, it was not like shadi decoration it was more like a, let's do something different so i kind of invited artists and of course over the years that has grown so much so much so much that we have uh, people look forward to it and uh, it's the only time in the year that you know everybody's exposed to this uh, beautiful art in public space in a in a public space So now the next Kalagoda right. festival also I have already started working on it and uh, mm -hmm. I so we are we invited artists to come and put out their artwork uh, and uh, the response is terrific because you know everyone wants to take a selfie against it everybody is you know everyone's work is seen basically right so artists enjoy that some of it is not good some of it is fantastic some of it is uh, mediocre some of it is super interactive and i think whatever it is it kind of it's a sort of again a new medium i would call it for people mm -hmm. to come and you know a lot of people feel shy to walk into a gallery or they don't want to go indoor somewhere they want to be invited they don't know if they're allowed so a lot of that is there but here this is one space where you know you can just come enjoy it everything is for free so you know you just hang out and a lot of young people are coming to the festival which is what i like right and right. Uh, a lot of children take part also and do some beautiful work right and i think it's it's more uh, you know if i if from what i hear from you it's basically art with a purpose right or the purpose of really sort of making it accessible for people to enjoy it the way it needs to be enjoyed and to consume in a lot of ways so i think it's it's pretty much that now you specifically spoke about children and that's that's one of my most favorite subjects and you know about this miss miller i have a 2 year old as well who's crazy about finger paints and she's going around putting her handprints everywhere around the house and i've and i've let her do it really because i think it's 
it's about just going with the flow it doesn't matter if the walls are going to get damaged at this point but in the long run you're going to smile at it at some point uh, and that's really where i am at right now but uh, i do know that you are on the advisory board of the children's museum as well uh, and you've you've seemed to have inspired both your kids as well uh, you know to where they are today and and the very fact that they thank you for exposing them to all of that as well right and you continue to work with children why so and why do you think instilling that sort of curiosity in children becomes very very important unfortunately our, i think uh, you know a lot of our schools don't have good art teachers and don't have and i was very fortunate my children were very fortunate to have good uh, good art teacher on the other hand uh, a lot of museums and have uh, programs for children to do art workshops i have a very big program at uh, kalagoda arts festival for children it is the mm-hmm. you know largest growing section and kids really love it because there is so little to do and so little to learn from otherwise around the year and of course mm-hmm. with the you know when covid happened i think children didn't even meet people you know where there was no learning from anything except the computer so yeah i really feel it's, it's important that uh, in the formative years children learn you know to appreciate art to know what art is and uh, i know there are a lot of people who when they turn 50 they suddenly realize that they were good at art so uh, you know i've been told oh you know we started drawing when we were 50 and we realized that we were good or 40 or whatever so obviously right. it's you know it gets discovered in school as it was in my case it was discovered i would never have known otherwise it's important for this thing to get this talent to get discovered i would say at an early age so when i was asked to uh, help at the children's museum as an advisor i immediately of course i was very excited because uh, i think that happened more because of kalagoda so that's how uh, it's just a bit of experience and uh, the museum wonderful place and it's the only again only children's museum there is So Ms. Mila, I have the last question for you in terms of if you were to tell me your relationship with color, right? Uh, and from the work that you've uh, that you've done so far and whatever it is that I've seen so far, it's always been very bright and vibrant, right? The kind of colors that you typically do use. They're very warm colors uh, on you know, on one hand and they're also therefore bright. Now, what's your relationship with color in general? Because that also does sort of exhibit your personality as well right uh, typically the kind of colors that you may use is that true so it isn't true that it reflects my personality uh, mm-hmm. maybe now a little more but i think when i was younger i uh, was a very shy person and maybe it was one way of it coming out of me you know to it was a sort of way of expressing myself and uh, using bright colors Uh, right. I was always ha- I was always a happy person. I was always an earthy person. My taste is earthy. I like earthy things. Right. I like earthy artifacts. You'll never see crystal in my home. You'll never see mm-hmm. porcelain in my home. You'll only see wood, and you'll see stone, and you'll see things like that. You know, metal. Right. I love such things. So I use the same kind of uh, sensibility in my work. I always feel that you know, you if that painting is in somebody's house, it must make people happy the way it makes me happy i mean i when i do a bright colored painting i feel happy so right. it hasn't anything to do with my nature i am quite uh, at heart i'm a quite an introvert actually and uh, right i only have lately bloomed i always say my life began at 40 and uh,
you know before that i was a very very shy person but uh, colors have become brighter over the years they were not so bright but now they become really bright so you them. you use it as a form of expression let's put it that way i think that that's really what it is and it's evolved along with you in in yes, a lot of ways yes it is more a form of expression you're right that's what it is 